Hello, hello, hello. This is Pastor Joshua Duffy. You are listening to the Westcliff Climb. Look at that. That's that's something right there. If you're live, you're looking at the uh, the green screen setup. Um, so very, very excited about that. Um, you know, it, it beats just having two fake plants behind me. So uh, I actually have a, a, a double, you know, two person podcast setup. Um, that's usually when I'm working with Daniel of the whosoevers, uh, which we'll have another podcast, I think coming out in a little over a week. Uh, we'll be diving into some other topics for sure. Um, with all of the, uh, the technical issues, um, we will have a, a, an abbreviated time together. Um, today's is simply entitled the instructional manual, um, the instruction manual. Um, the, the, the whole premise is every last one of us has some kind of, uh, whether it's some home appliance or whether it's with our vehicle, uh, we have options to help guide us from uh, uh, from a mechanical standpoint of how to navigate and negotiate uh, issues with, let's say, our vehicles. Okay, now I am, uh, if you're anything like me, I am probably one of the most ignorant uh, automotive people you will meet in your life in your life. Okay. Which is super bizarre because my dad, my brother, my uncles, they're just amazing. Like they get it. And even to this day, when they sit around and talk about whatever that's going on with their vehicles or whatever car that they're fixing and what, when they get in like the, like the in, you know, like all of the mechanical insides of what's going on, like I wouldn't know if they were literally making up terminology. I I would have no idea it. That's, that's how lost I get. Like they could be making up names just to just to throw me off. And I wouldn't know. Like it all makes sense to to all of them. They're all very mechanical minded people. I'm lost. I just plagiarized the Bible for a living. Uh, and I guess I wrote, I just write poetry, I guess, in a way. Like that's all I do. So they 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 think very, very differently. Uh, I am a person that when any light goes on in my dash, I immediately uh, am concerned. My stress level goes up. Maybe that's you, like the check engine light. Immediately, I'm stressed. If I got low pressure in the tires, immediately I'm stressed. Just because all I'm thinking is, great, something else that I can't afford. <laughs> so that's my first thought. Immediately, like you know, why God? Why have you? Why have you smite me with this check engine light? You know, where is this man going to come from to fix? Who knows what, you know? So usually then my next phone call or two is like my uncle, my dad, uh, my uh, my brother even, you know, like what, what do I do, you know? So, um, but every now and again, when the uh, check engine light comes on, I can reference the uh, instructional manual when I can find it. And I will I'm like, okay, okay, this is what this means. This is what that means. And they may have like the best course of action moving forward, okay? Um, and an instructional manual can be very, very helpful. Like it can guide you from one choice or decision that you can or can't make uh, with your vehicle. And so my whole point in the video is that's really, um, yes, scripture is a love letter in many ways. Yes, scripture is a historical document, all Holy, Holy Spirit infused, empowered, uh, inspired, uh, inerrant word of God. Yes and amen. And there's elements of it that are telling you uh, stories, historical stories, giving you 
um, kind of a poetic poetry insight to maybe somebody's hardship, difficulty, or pain. And there's also tremendous lessons uh, on how to live and why to live a certain way. And then there's also just like flat out, this is how you should live, how you should navigate your life, okay? Um, No different than that manual. Like you and I, and this is the point I'm making the video, there, especially right now, there are a lot cheaper options of what we could be putting in our gas tanks. I think you would agree. I was so depressed the other day when I filled up my tank and I broke triple digits, right? Like you've got to be kidding me. I feel so old. I remember literally a dollar a gallon. I, I, I feel like I'm like a hundred years old. That, that's what, if I looked at like a 16 year old today and I'm like, when I was a boy, it only cost me $1 a gallon. So I had a giant 68 Impala, still due to this day, fabulous car, 20 feet long, all steel. Good luck finding any plastic on it, okay? Short of running into a bulldozer, guess what? I win, okay? Lots of steel, accelerates way better than it stops. That's America right there, okay? Stopping, eh, right? Um, and it was, it was it's a great car, but... Basically, if I were to drive to Galveston, it's a $20 bill, right? Or close to, I could get like down and yeah, yeah, I'd probably use like a half a tank. So I'd probably like $10 of gas, all right? That, that, that's what I'm talking about. And terrible gas mileage, but like $100 just the other day is, is sickening, is unreal, right? So there are a lot of cheaper options, right? I could find things that I could put in my gas tank that technically like are a lot cheaper or not even technically in reality are, but here's the problem, right? Instruction manual tell me, yo, that's a bad idea. Like you want to do that. Okay. But like there's, there's going to be repercussions for that. Like there's going to be some kind of a result that's not going to play out well. So you have to understand, like when we think about the 10 commandments, I, I pointed this out in the video, like in Exodus chapter 20, we miss, we just jump right to the 10 commandments or really what are the 10 instructions? Like we went, we render it as commandments, but it's like instructions. Like here's the best way to live. Like, don't you think this is interesting? Like in the public school system, right? Like we pulled the 10 commandments out of the, like out of, out of public schools, but shouldn't really only the first one be the issue, right? Like you shall have no other gods. I mean, I had, I had a friend of mine one time, like, why don't they at a minimum just have the nine commandments in the public schools, right? Like, hey, like stealing people's stuff, we'd all agree is a bad idea, right? Can't we still put that in our schools, right? So like what's interesting is in the in the, in the the 10 instructions, and that's the connection to the manual. Like um, you have God just saying, listen, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then goes into the Ten Commandments, the Ten Instructions. You see that? And we miss that opening line. And that opening line is rooted in relationship. That opening line is reminding the children of Israel that I heard your cries. I saw your misery. I saw what has now happened to your people, how you've like existed in slavery. I've now acted and reacted on your behalf. I have, I've put things in motion to rescue and redeem you, give you a new heart and a new mind. Now, because you've been a slave for so long, you only know how to think like a slave. 
So I'm gonna give you a new heart and a new mind, a new way to think of yourself, a new purpose, a new mission, right? And he's in this way, he's trying to say, listen, I'm the Lord, your God, who heard your cries, who heard your pleas. I pulled you out of slavery and I know what it looks like to live a life of freedom that doesn't lead back to being enslaved, perhaps in a different way. So that's what gets missed. Whenever we just put God as just this killjoy, right? And all he wants to do is limit the fun that I want to have, or he just seems to, we just seem to have all these, you know, desires, which by the way, are all broken because of sin, right? And he seems to put all of these things in place in opposition to the life that we want to live, right? And so then we just reduce him to just being a rules, you know, just kind of a rules type being that could care nothing less, uh, doesn't care anything for what it means to have the fullness of life or joy. So that's, that's what gets missed. He's then trying to show us, this is what it looks like to live out your life in a way that will minimize the carnage and moreover will keep you from being pulled back into mental, emotional, physical, and relational slavery. What true freedom looks like. And here's the best path forward for your life. That's the depth of what God desires for our lives, that we would live in that way. And whenever we take out the fact that there's root, it's rooted in a relationship, then we miss that. Okay. Um, and so that that was really the main idea of the video that I really wanted to get across. Like God's design and will and intent for you is expressed so clearly, but don't get it twisted. It's rooted in relationship. And anytime we try to dance outside of his will and his design, it may work for a while, it may fly for a while. But inevitably, inevitably, when we try to go outside of his will and his design in our relationships, in our friendships, in our marriage, in, in our families, in our society, and in our culture, we may find short-term wins, but in the long term, it, it, it does incredible damage to us. In the long term, we end up enslaved in one way, shape, or form. And if you look at it like... We've tried to pull God out of parts of our society and our culture and our country. And look at what's happened. Like in the short term, we went, oh, well, what's what's the heart? We don't want to, we don't want people to uh have a religious test and be pushed to the outskirts of society or be marginalized in any way, shape, or form because of their beliefs or lack of belief. That may have been the intent. Okay. However, like look at look at how far things have gone now. Now, when you see things that are clearly evil, clearly demonic, clearly have Satan behind them in every way, shape, or form. Look at what's happening now. We don't even, we don't even as Christians, like think that there's a factor there. That's what's the most fascinating thing. Like with the world on fire, most even Christians, their first thought of attack is like, well, let's consider the inanimate object the gun, right? Or let's let's consider this policy on the front end rather than first going, and I'm not saying you can't get to those discussions, but without even first going, wow, we are spiritually sick. Like we're spiritually ill. Like the world that, that's crumbling around us, we don't even start with God. Moreover, his adversary, Satan, we, we don't even start there. We go, well, that's terrible. Now, now what? You know, 
And so I just, that is, that's a huge, huge factor of once we've now taken that many steps back and we don't even realize it, we're starting to become kind of just reactionary um, Christians who actually function more as almost like agnostic or atheists. We, We don't actually start with God in the issues that we're dealing with. We actually start with thinking no different than someone who denounces God or doesn't believe in him at all, or is, um, you know, just not even engaged in a life with, with the Lord. So like, that's a huge factor right now. And look at how we're all reacting to the events that are surrounding us. We don't even bring him into it really. So this is, this is how people end up going down that same path. This is what he's referencing in Exodus 20. Like once you've separated out, so much of your society and your thinking from his his will and his ways. This is how you get in trouble. That's it. And now, now we have to figure out a way to, of kind of pointing the ship and pointing the heart and the mind, the culture, society of our world back to him. You got to start there. That's not to the exclusion of all the other discussions that may very well come behind it, but you've got to start there. And that's a huge, huge warning sign. Okay. Um, the, the beauty of of this whole picture that we have to keep in the very middle of it is the person of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus who fulfills the law perfectly. It's the perfect, it's the person of Jesus who reveals to us his heart and his will and design and further lifts up the heart of the father for each and every one of us. It's the person of Jesus who would lay down his life for everything that we see that is so horribly broken in the world around us. Um, and it's, it's in him that we find fulfillment. It's in him that uh, we take on the events of the day. It's in him that we find hope and peace. Um, and it is Christians that are going to start with that in mind that will be best equipped to navigate the world around us when everything is on fire. It's those people that will have peace that passes all understanding. Um, when the world is so horribly confused, lacking clarity and wisdom, it's those people that will have extreme discernment and wisdom of how to navigate culture and society and our world. They'll have clarity where the rest of the world is confused. It's in Jesus that even when we stumble and we fall, we make terrible choices or we get pulled back to some kind of form of, of enslavement mentally, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually. It's in Jesus that those bonds are broken. Second chances are given and we find a new hope in him. I love you guys so much. I hope you're digging the green screen uh, look. Uh, We have some exciting stuff, some new content that's coming out. I just shot some stuff last week. Look forward to sharing it with you very, very soon. Uh, Love you guys. Have a blessed week, and uh, we will see you very, very soon. Bye.